I'd like to speak with you tonight briefly about gratitude, or more precisely, ingratitude. Gratitude is the state of mind that recognizes the good that people do for us. It's the state of mind that wants to reciprocate a kindness shown to us. Some of these kindnesses perhaps are simply our responsibility, as say, a doctor who successfully treats a patient. But even in this realm, a grateful person lives her life in such a way as to acknowledge the unique contributions to our well-being that but for such action of another, our lives would be worse. Of course, all the more so for someone who benefits us having no special obligation to do so, but is motivated simply by doing something good. That mysterious impulse that only humans have to serve someone else's interests when there is no benefit to us that is apparent, except perhaps, you know, the good feeling that is derived from doing something good for somebody else. Judaism teaches that a person who is grateful is a person who is not completely self-absorbed. They have at least a semblance of humility. Someone who can at least recognize that life is not only about me, 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 but there are other people in the world as well. And they may make my life better, even if they don't have to. Think about that. Do you stop from time to time to thank people? And I'm not only speaking about a, you know, this general sense of gratefulness of being alive, appreciating nature, our health, prosperity, what we generally describe as counting our blessings. That's kind of not costly. That's cheap to say I count my blessings. Maybe you think of some kind of almighty that you might believe in or not believe in who doesn't answer back. I'm talking about have you ever taken the time to think to yourself, you know? That person, even if it was his job, let alone if it was not his job, did something kind to me. And if you have thought so, have you ever expressed your gratitude in some way? Have you felt responsible to that person? Some bond of commitment that now exists that didn't exist before. Judaism considered ingratitude to be among the worst of attributes because it reveals deep-seated qualities of potential betrayal, hubris, and disloyalty. A person who is incapable of gratitude is a person who is overly selfish and self-absorbed. Gratitude nurtures humility and compassion. It's a fundamental religious value because it promotes an understanding of how small and vulnerable each of us really is. One of the central verses of the entire Bible, you know, I always like to say, if you remember one verse in the Bible, remember this, and, you know, I'm at something like 727 already. But really, if you remember one verse in the Bible, remember this. It's a key verse. comes from the first chapter in the book of Exodus. And there arose a new pharaoh, a new king in Egypt, 
who did not know Joseph. The sages ask, how is that possible? After everything that Joseph did for the Egyptians, how could a new pharaoh not know about that? One Midrash responds, of course Pharaoh knew about it and remembered Joseph, but he disavowed Joseph's many contributions and kindnesses to the Egyptian people. Pharaoh didn't want to express gratitude because he felt it would cost too much. To be grateful is to create some kind of bond of obligation and responsibility between you and the one who did you a kindness, and Pharaoh did not want to spend that political and financial capital on Joseph and Joseph's descendants, the Hebrews. Now, I've been thinking about this in the, aftermath of yet, uh, in the aftermath of yet another mass shooting in our country. President Obama is completely right. To live this way is a choice that Americans make. It doesn't have to be this way. We make that choice. Other countries make different choices. It's really pathetic, a national malaise and a disgrace. Future generations will look back at our generations and will not be able to comprehend how we tolerated it for so long. But I want to draw your attention to another aspect of these tragedies. That is, there are always people who respond first. First responders who, whether it is their job or not, jump into the fray first, who face threats when no one else is willing or able, or volunteer to heal and to save lives when it's not their particular obligation. We hardly think about them at all. Who thought of firefighters in New York before 9-11? Who thinks of firefighters today, 14 years later? I still try to. I was walking down my street this week, and there was uh, not a real fire, but there were a lot of uh, fire personnel there. And whenever I hear that siren or see these firefighters on our streets, my heart skips a beat. And I remember the enormous heroism, courage, and sacrifice that these and other first responders performed on 9-11 and every other day. And this sense of overwhelming gratitude overtakes me, and I get emotional about it, still. And so it is painful to me, and frankly a disgrace, that we as a nation so mistreat those 9-11 first responders. Such collective ingratitude. Hundreds of them rushed into the fray. They followed their human instinct that was stronger in them than most others to save lives, and it cost many their own lives. Children lost parents. Partners lost their rock, emotional and financial support. And in the aftermath of 9-11, many more sifted through the rubble day after day on the toxic pile that the government assured us was safe to breathe and became desperately ill. As a nation, we have been cringingly stingy with them ever since. It wasn't until 2010 
that the Zadroga Act was passed, named in memory of the first of the first responders to die of 9-11 related illnesses, that offered temporary benefits to the families of these first responders, and the allocation is now running out. It ran out yesterday. Time after time, the 9-11 first responders have had to go, hat in hand, to Washington to essentially beg Congress to make the compensation permanent so that those who became ill would not have to worry about affording necessary medical treatment and so that their survivors would be able to live in dignity. Who could be against that? Who would be against that? The opposition is always the same. It's too costly. Yet another freebie from the government. There is the potential of fraud. Many more people who were actually there on 9-11 might claim benefits. The first responders, they say, were only doing their job as if it was their job to have the towers collapse on them or to breathe in toxic air while everyone stayed far away from ground zero. It's the kind of ingratitude that Judaism warns against. One rabbinic master began his sermon with a thump on the table, crying, it is enough that human beings are alive. And then he sat down. It should be enough just to say that. There are people alive today because of those firefighters who rushed in to get as many souls out as possible. There are children who had parents in childhood, spouses who had a normal family life because of these first responders. I still remember like yesterday, I can never forget this, those first eight hours when I thought I was going to have to raise my child alone. And what a relief to hear the door open and to see my wife dusty but alive. We should do something about this travesty as individuals, as Jews, and as a synagogue. We should take up the cause of the first responders and see to it that our nation does the right thing by them. The health benefits aren't a gift. It's not charity. It's our national responsibility. And to those who cannot embrace this responsibility, who think it is just a free gift, perhaps they can find it in them from time to time to be generous with those who have done a good deed for the nation. If we cannot find it in us to be grateful for what we have received, at least let us be grateful for what we have been spared. Hakarata tov, it is called in Judaism, the acknowledgement of the good that someone has done something extraordinary for you, and unlike Pharaoh, you are willing to fulfill your obligations to them. Of course it costs money. Everything in life costs money. What is the price of a human life? What is the price of lives that have been saved, children who otherwise would never have been born? What is the price of happiness of having a partner who might otherwise have perished? Do you remember what it was like back then? Those of you who lived here on 
for New Yorkers, perhaps most symbolic of all, testifying to everything good about humanity, were our firefighters, people we rarely think about until we need them. On that day, when heaven was falling and the Earth's foundations fled, they rushed up the stairs and on their shoulders held the sky suspended. They bore the desperate hopes and final confessions of so many human beings. The pillars of the Earth held a while longer in deference to their valor. We may be stingy with them now, but many people are alive today because of the firefighters and other first responders of New York City, the best of us. One person later testified that as he walked down the World Trade Center with a 90-year-old man he was assisting, he passed 30 to 50 firefighters heading up the stairs. I don't think any of them made it, he said. It was like a ladder to heaven. We read in the book of Genesis, and Jacob dreamt, and behold, there was a ladder set on the ground, and its top reached the sky, and the angels of God were ascending and descending. God is in this place, and that is the ladder to heaven. Let the message go forth to the ungrateful. Do the right thing. In our name, do the right thing. Amen.